Nintendo. Welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat. My name is Jose Otero, and this is IGN's Nintendo Show. Joining me this week are CJ Gibson. What's up? Zach Ryan. Uh, brap, brap. That's right. You're playing <laughs> nice a role of Brian <laughs> and Alana Pierce. Great. So Brian and Pear are out this week. But coming up on Nintendo Voice Chat, we've got a lot of things to talk about. First, we're going to give you our final sort of verdict uh, on the Nintendo Switch presentation, yeah. the events of last week. Then we're going to follow that up by telling you our impressions of actually playing Nintendo Switch. CJ and I uh, had hands-on. Then after that, we've got a few other topics, including a Fire Emblem roundup. So stick around for that. Let's kick things off with our thoughts, our final thoughts. We've had mm-hmm. some distance. On the Nintendo Switch presentation and last week's Switch Wait, what did I call it? Now? Switch 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 Apocalypse. Yeah, Switch Apocalypse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Coming. snap. Coming. Um, what did you guys think? I, I thought it was pretty concise. Uh, I think that they gave us a lot of information in a short amount of time and showed us a ton of games, almost an exhaustive amount. Mm-hmm. But uh, I feel like it was a very well organized conference, and I knew what I was getting for the most part. Yep. There were a lot of questions raised, though. As soon as I started talking about online infrastructure, I was like, "Okay, you're telling me that I have to pay for it, but you're not telling me what I have to pay for," which seems insane to give mm-hmm. us the negative and not the positive. So, yeah, every th- detail about online was a negative or exactly. could be interpreted as a negative. Yeah. You were just there, like if you were the Nintendo fan trying to control your emotions of like, when does this go awry? Yeah. You were starting to twitch at the beginning of the presentation yeah you just felt oh, i'm like, sorry Uh-oh. i misheard it was a, <laughs> it's a really odd way to sell that yeah. but uh i was most impressed by the uh joy cons i really didn't expect those to be what they are i didn't expect that tech to be as advanced as uh-huh. this and yep, yep. you know they made that really goofy uh ice cube thing we saw we saw Rumble. in the the initial switch reveal that you know we would be able to play wirelessly and stuff like that yeah. but i didn't expect the haptic feedback exactly. or the infrared stuff that's there. Yeah. I thought it was like some, some really cool, cool tech in, Absolutely. in, in those little joy cons. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. legit. Like we, we yeah. held it and it still doesn't make sense. So jealous. Yeah. The, the, the ice cubes falling in. You're like, what? Like I, when I first saw that, I was wondering, what is this all about? But we yeah. can actually feel it. There's mm-hmm. like some games in one, two switch right Yeah. It's, it's legit. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I was, I was overall happy with, and we talked a little bit about this last week, but just, you know, there was a diverse lineup of games that they talked about. Um, I thought the third party bit could have been shorter. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely some of the translation there uh, like when Suda got on stage it seems like oh, he was just yeah. a little script yeah. and it got really weird and I felt bad for the uh, for the interpreter there because <laughs> you could almost f- feel the beads of sweat coming down his head through yeah. through the translation I, t- I tweeted out during during Suda's presentation I was like somebody get this guy a cup of coffee because here's <laughs> one of the most enigmatic and energetic men in all of gaming and mm-hmm. the interpreter's just like well uh, we're gonna <laughs> yeah. we're gonna have a game yeah. uh, so there was out. a NeoGAF thread about the Suda translator specifically that yes. basically I don't know if this was verified, but it basically said that he went totally off script and also made jokes that don't translate well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was so he was like, I don't know what to say. Sure. Yeah, there were wrestling in jokes, it sounds like, where uh, basically <laughs> the the American equivalent would have been, can you smell what Suda's cooking? Which at that point, I don't know that that would have worked out so well. Yeah, but I mean, in the okay, moment, would you friends, be the guy like yeah. trying to interpret going, <gasps> that's yeah. going to come into your head? Like, I, I feel I felt for that guy. All right, but I do, I will say but that the it's The question for the table, me. what do you guys think he was cooking, though? No, no, no. no. But, the, but the thing I would say is that there were the thing that surprised me is that there were some dropped balls, some odd dropped information. Not talking about storage during the entire presentation. Yeah. Like to me, like, well, I mean, I, I think that? that that's. I think that that is obviously 
sort of a point of contention. Mm-hmm. Um, so for them to skirt that, that but, didn't but really surprise me. the expandable me. part of it, like that's the positive side of that message. Uh, right? You say, I don't know. Uh, 32 gigs and you can buy your own little SD card up to any size today, two ter- whatever m- number of terabytes you got, and this thing can take it. And we learned that after the fact, but I think it would have been helpful there. But I agree with you. Yeah. That's probably them skirting the issue. Yeah. But then what about like not rounding up uh, or basically your launch day lineup? Like just saying, hey, so on March 3rd, when Nintendo Switch comes right. out, this, that, this other. Yeah, and they only mentioned the price once, which was mm-hmm. bizarre to At me. At the very to, beginning. To not recap that. Yeah. Well, Crazy. and then they also did that sneaky thing where they said, Australian purchasers, make sure you check with your retail. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and it's like $400 or something. Yeah, it's like $470 yeah, it's or something. Yeah, yeah. Conversion hurts right uh-huh. now. Yeah, it's yeah. Crazy. It's pricey. Yeah. Now, uh, to Nintendo's credit, they got on social media the next day to clarify the stuff. They tweeted out yeah. information mm-hmm. to try and basically fix it, but I was really surprised to see that. I was also really surprised to see from the audience a lot of the, um, there was mixed feedback over whether or not it should have been on stage. Like, yeah. you can tell that Japan calls the shots. Uh, FYI, uh, Nintendo is run by a Japanese <laughs> parent company, just so you know. So obviously, <laughs> Japan is going to want to be involved in making a message and making a statement about the next big thing, yeah. which for them was Nintendo Switch. And to their credit, the hardware showed really well. I thought, you know, the opening was great. I thought the Koizumi bit was good. Yeah. But um, to then see the audience react and say, I would have preferred a direct after years, I feel of us saying it would be nice for Nintendo to be on stage again. Yeah. Just felt really weird to me. Yeah. For their, for their return to the stage and return to this like sort of live format, not sort of, I mean, it was a live presentation. Um, I thought it was mostly jumbled. Like if you're asking for our overall impressions, like, mm-hmm. I, I thought it was mostly a jumbled presentation. It was a very, very quirky sort of very Japanese presentation, um, that some things worked for me. <laughs> Some things work for me and some What's things you think? didn't, yeah. but I will say that, and I was telling CJ this before we started, that regardless of the presentation in itself, uh, I immediately ordered a uh, pre-order to Switch yeah. as soon as I could, and it's the first console that I've ever purchased or, or had a pre-order for day one. Yeah. So like, I'm obviously very excited about it. There was a lot of things in the, in the conference that got me really super stoked for it even though there were those lingering questions yeah. and even though there were some gaps that I felt like they should have I mean, the in. two of you can speak as producers as well. Like, you produce live shows, so obviously it's totally different what you see to what other people would see because the stuff that, like, yeah, I felt maybe dragged on for a little bit too long, but mm. overall, I was fed so much new information that I was entertained the entire yeah. time. Yeah. No well, question. that's totally. that's the thing that I also really liked about it was for as secretive as Nintendo has been in the months leading up to this event, like you said at the outset of this conversation, it was just a huge information dump. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything we could have asked for, well, not everything, but Definitely a lot of not. the stuff, a lot <laughs> of the stuff that we, we needed to know yes. came right when we needed yes. it to. Yeah, and at the very beginning, and that was smart for them to do right off the top. Yeah. I mean, they got the price out of the way, they got a bunch of release dates, but then you're wondering, okay, well, is that it? You're waiting for Zelda was, you know, obviously the end, which was a nice climactic. Uh, went on too conclusion. long. The but joke that went way too yeah, long yeah, was yeah. like, who's going to tell Showing us? Me and them in the when, beginning. It's like, uh, yeah, like I personally wish that Anuma had jumped out from at least three or four different objects. <laughs> like I liked him coming from behind the TV, but I would have yeah. liked to have seen him like coming out of a cake yeah. or like <laughs> jumping up behind a sofa. You know, even, even, even the great fairy fountain. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Um, yeah, there it is. Um, so yeah, overall though, I, I agree with you guys uh, in that it was a sort of uh, a presentation that had its, its highs and its lows. And I, overall though, I was still happy to see them do it. And I hope yeah. that folks, I hope they do it again. I yeah. want to see them do it I, yeah. more often. And I mean, I mean, I love that. Like, I love the idea that they have come back to this sort of format and, and we got a direct the next week. Supposedly we're going to see more directs leading up to the mm-hmm. Switch's release. Mm-hmm. And I, let's have a mix of the two. You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. for big things, like, you know, when we, 
the next time we see Mario, let's have a live event for it. Like, ne- not necessarily you have a, a, a Mario Odyssey Direct. Like, yeah. let's bring it out that way. Or even how are you going to approach E3 is my thing. Like, yeah. I, I, for me, my advice to them would be, you know, ride this wave. Every Don't let two weeks pass mm-hmm. without having something to say about mm-hmm. Switch. A new bit of information, a new piece of knowledge. I feel like Pokemon really benefited from that mm-hmm. this summer, just the yeah. build up to yep. Pokemon Sun and Moon. But I, I just feel like it'll keep the conversation going. It'll keep stirring the pot. Eventually, you have to talk about online, and hopefully you have good things to say, too, with that, because I felt like I didn't hear those things that night, and that was a big bummer um, overall. Like, that was the stuff that most people have been asking the most questions about mm-hmm. was that. And yeah. just, you didn't set and the And virtual console. Uh, yeah. Not yeah. that at all is crazy. But I also want to say that this conference, compared to some of the E3 conferences we get from Microsoft and Sony, at least they didn't play dubstep the whole time. Yep. No, <laughs> and, no. you know, they didn't no, have generic-looking shooters. Like, they, yeah, they yeah, really have their own personality. Yeah, yeah, and it showed. It absolutely showed. Uh, so then, uh, let us uh, switch over <laughs> to uh, round How two. How long do you think we can get away with doing that? It's I think every podcast under the time. sun is going to just... <laughs> now, next topic. So yeah. this is the official gong on Nintendo Voice Chat. I hey, that like solves it. all of our yeah. transition problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a clear yeah. signal. You're just going to see me go, come on, talking. Switch. <laughs> All right, but let, let's then switch to uh, talking about actually playing Nintendo Switch. So CJ and I were in New York, and we got to go hands-on with this thing. Let, let, you guys asked the questions. Well, sorry. I'm here to sorry, pause, you know, my game. But I do want to tell you, like, <laughs> I, I want. So you guys ask questions because CJ and I can talk about this all day. Well, uh, I guess my biggest thing is um, right out of the box – how does it feel to hold it? Do you feel like it's gonna? There's gonna be fatigue holding because like it's a substantial tablet. I, I feel like one of those things where have you ever uh, played an iPhone game in bed or, or something, or like you're looking at something scrolling through scrolling through your Facebook feed or something in bed, and your phone slips and you drop your phone on your face. Yes. Like how bad is it gonna hurt if you drop a Switch <laughs> tablet on your face? For one, probably more than your phone. Right. For sure. So yeah. like, I mean, is it very heavy? Does it feel? No, I mean, for the most part, like it was tethered down in a lot of environments, so we didn't get a chance to lift it up too right. often. But for the one that we held backstage, it was actually surprisingly light. And the Joy-Cons as well, it's crazy light, almost right. to the point that they feel not too light, but sure. it was almost when you looked at it, the amount of weight that you were expecting to be, you're like, whoa, uh-huh. like it's it's really light. Yeah, well, also, you're just like a really strong Yeah, I mean, look at me, I'm huge. Yeah. Uh, but it's one of those things where, yeah, you really don't realize how light they are. And so from a fatigue standpoint, I don't think either mm. separately or with the tablet it's going to be an issue. Like, yeah, it's, it's it definitely felt like really most good. of the weight is in the center, what they call the home console part or mm-hmm. what we call the tablet part. Sure. Um, uh, and so when you snap those Joy-Cons on, it makes the most satisfying it feels so sound. That's yeah. awesome. I, every demo station I sat down, <laughs> you know. notice I was just like, click, click. Is click, that click. hard to do? No. No, it's very easy. Just your your index finger just naturally wraps around the back, and uh-huh. you just grab it. I will say that grabbing the rest of the controller maybe a little, depending on the size of your hands. Like yeah. I have very big hands, so it was adjusting my grip for that. Yep. But when you pick up the entire device, and I guess handheld mode, portable mode, however you want to call it, um, the weight is mostly distributed to the center, but it feels even across the board. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Joy-Con are the lightest part. When you slide those two things off, they they almost disappear in your hands for the most part. Yeah. Like they just they hardly even feel like they're there. Mm-hmm. When you slide them into the grip, it's kind of like it's. It's probably. I mean, this isn't the right dimensions, but it's probably as flat as this notebook I'm holding here. So, for those listening and, to the audio version, Jose yeah. is uh, <laughs> holding a very small notebook. Yeah, a notebook. Uh, yeah. skin, uh, I don't know how many inches this is, but uh, that is the sort of the portion. Then underneath, you have these two hooks. Okay. And that controller looks uncomfortable, but it actually isn't. You're talking about the Joy-Con really grip. The, the grip itself. Yeah, that slides the, the one that looks in. Like the uh, the puppy dog. Yeah. Like yeah. A yeah. Flat when you panel. Pu- uh-huh. Puppy dog mode, it's as crazy. they call it. Um, 
Um, yeah, that's the technical yeah. term. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what we should um, I own it, man. That thing yeah. looks like a dog. Uh, it's weird. Cross-eyed a little bit. But, that, yeah. So that yeah, that was my second. That was yeah. my second question. Is that it? The way that the the Joy Cons snap into that Joy Con grip, uh, the the narrowness of it. Just looking at it, it looks like it would be really uncomfortable. So yeah. it's nice to hear that it doesn't no. feel like... And it's yeah. not heavy, and, it, and it's flush. So it does look odd. Even when you're holding it, you're like, oh. And the way your fingers and hands rest on it, it you'd think that it feels odd from looking at it, mm-hmm. but it's good. I was yeah, going to ask really about weird. that. Uh, when I was in Vegas for CES, I spoke to you about this little Jose. I, yep. you know, We hadn't seen a switch in person yet, and I got to hold basically one of those crystal cases that would be an accessory. And I was trying so hard to analyze this piece of plastic to be like, how do I feel about this size? And I just felt like the biggest dork. But it did feel a little like my right thumb was slightly too low. Did you guys have that problem at all? So I had that problem with the Joy-Cons because each Joy-Con has a different side. Mm -hmm. So when you're playing with it like this, you're going to have a preference for a left Joy-Con or a right Joy-Con depending on how it feels because they both feel different. So within the controller, it's not an issue, but separately... I, I think, think so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because of the way the buttons are They're positioned different. on the actual. You're talking about separately in terms of like one and one. Like when I you, have yeah. one and you. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. I think there's going to be there's going to be camps. There's going to be left camp well, and the right Joy-Con camp because it's very talking, different. Right. I was talking to. Uh, yeah. It's mine. <laughs> yeah. I was talking to uh, IGN's Andrew Goldfarb about this, and yes. he was he was saying that he feels like player two will always be at an automatic distinct disadvantage. Yeah, because I, of the positioning of that point. right. Yeah. I want to talk about that too because it because it's so close to the the face button. Yeah. Well, so first and foremost, like when the Joy-Con are attached to the, the portable tablet itself, I did feel like with any new controller, it's like, okay, where does my thumb go this time? And yep. I feel like because I'm used to Wii U or, or even uh, Xbox uh, One or mm-hmm. PS4, I play them all. Um, it was just weird to reach down for the right analog stick for mm-hmm. Zelda. And you'll yeah. notice we have a hands-on video where, I, where it runs for like 10 minutes. Every once in a while, I forget where it is. I'm like, oh, wait, that's right. Mm. It's down there. But I feel like that comes with any controller. Now, Those in terms of the, yeah. the, the yeah. Joy-Con and how they feel if you're left or right Joy-Con, I purposely asked for the right Joy-Con on Snipper Clips, which okay. is a game that they demoed there. It's this Which looks awesome, game. by the way. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's my favorite game from the event, not called Zelda. <laughs> not. Um, yeah, because uh, it, it's this yeah. fun puzzle game where you're basically cutting shapes out of each other. You're both made of paper okay. and you're trying to solve these different puzzles and there's a variety of them. Some mm-hmm. of them are you have to fit within an outline. Others are you have to move objects across the board, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And I purposely asked for the right Joy-Con just, just for the purpose try of trying it. Yeah. It felt fine. Once mm-hmm. the wrist strap is, is on, the Joy-Con strap, I had no problem mm-hmm. and didn't feel any way like sort of a... I don't know, just any cumbersome sort of element to it, despite the Joy-Con, the, the joystick itself being at the center of the controller. Now, that said, the one thing I didn't get to do that CJ did was you got to play Mario Kart, uh, bat- battle mode or just a race? Uh, the whole thing, yeah. Using a, a, a smaller Joy-Con. Yeah. How did you feel, and did it have a wrist strap or did it not have a strap? So I tried to purposely play it with both, and mm-hmm. it definitely feels way better with a wrist strap. Because what happens with when you look at the buttons on the joystick, and we actually have a really good walkthrough where Jose gets a nice good close-up of it, the buttons are almost in set because when it slides into the it dock, to, yeah, yeah, I can't like right, hit it, and right. so trying to actually find them in that position where you're playing is super awkward because they're they're recessed, mm-hmm. so you have to have your fingers really flush to the Joy-Con, and I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the yeah, with the wrist strap, way better. So yeah. wait, explain to me how. 
having the wrist strap on changes the way you're holding the controller. So it adds a certain amount of thickness basically to the vertical part of the controller. So imagine where the top horizon, okay. like that line mm-hmm. is, that now moves up a couple okay. centimeters and then right. the buttons themselves actually are further yeah, they, pr- pr- like protruded they out. They protrude out. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and so I feel like the Joy-Con strap was the answer to, man, these controllers are too small. What are we going to do? Yeah. Um, so you think that they, they essentially retconned and said that we need to add this peripheral basically to i mean i think so i yeah. think it's the reason why it comes with every switch to be honest i yeah. mean i think yeah. it is very much that yeah. if you had to play without it i mean you can but it but is way more comfortable with it awkward. even when you're holding them vertically <laughs> um, and you have the strap on you notice that it just has a, a extra layer of thickness that just okay. feels much better in your hands that said some games use that, like the ones that we played, like holding vertically. That yeah. milking game in yeah. One Two Switch. <laughs> oh my god! It was just really <laughs> weird because the buttons that they're asking you to push down, you're using your index finger and then you're using your ring finger, which is very unnatural. Yeah. Um. That was what they recommended, and so I tried it that way, and yeah. it felt really strange because you're like one two, one two. How's that again, oh, Jose? That would be because that's the way that you actually milk. <laughs> and out. Yeah. It meme. was. It was really, really. It was, it was the strangest <laughs> demo I have ever had in it my career. It looks very odd. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, back to the point of left and right. We know yeah. that you can buy extra controls. How much is that? Eighty dollars for oh yeah, we're two more Joy Cons. Yeah, I just the, wanted to ask you: Do we know if you can buy them separately? Yes, you can. Okay. So they're forty nine ninety nine. If you're getting an individual, they are seventy nine ninety nine. This is U.S. pricing, by the way. Apologies to our friends in Europe and Australia and all over the world. Um, we uh, we Nintendo Voice Chat wow. is recorded <laughs> yeah, in America, crazy. and so we go by America pricing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's crazy to me that anybody would just buy a left or a right control, like a left or a right Joy-Con when for $30 more you get them both. Well, well I'm kind of thinking I, for kids, honestly. I, yeah, I think it's yeah. parents. I yeah. think, you know, Junior lost the left Joy-Con again. Time to go to the store. Like, Junior's always kind of, doing that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the kid needs to get and, it together. And it was really weird because when we looked at the Joy-Cons, did you end up getting the, uh, you pre-ordered, did you get yeah. just the gray? Or I did colored? get the gray, yeah, because I felt like it came in waves. The first wave of pre-orders was uh, standard and then the yeah. second wave was the neon one. And I, I probably honestly would have ordered the neon one had it been available so i got the standard gray and after seeing it at the event i wish i would have got the colored ones because it looks cool it looks cool but it didn't translate i feel like live as well as it does when you're there actually seeing it in person it looks really good yeah we Um, had questions that were like is it gonna look just like unorganized i know messy but then seeing more photos of it i'm like damn yeah Yeah, it looks good contrast is good yeah and and it's very easy to tell what side (laughs) you're playing and like to switch like that was the thing i appreciated the most it wasn't like oh wait which who's who it's like no blue's over there red's over there go yeah um, and do you I see that like on screen that. as well? Are they represented in blue and reds, first and second player? I believe they're represented somehow. I just can't uh-huh. remember off the top of my mm-hmm. head if that's it. But to me, it was just once you get into the rhythm of playing that game, you know what side is sure. on that yeah. side versus like uh, whether they represent it or not. Sure. Like that's, a, that's a good point and a good mm-hmm. question. So uh, the other configuration that I wanted to talk about is uh, like one of the things that I, this is, I know this is going to sound like a silly question, but like one of the things that I really loved about uh, the Wii was when you're controlling with, with either side, the nunchuck and the, the Wii remote, um, the ability to like not necessarily playing a game with really heavy motion controls or something, Mm -hmm. just sort of sitting comfortably or casually and not holding a controller here like this. Like, would you ever play a switch game docked, with the controllers separated in your hand, or would you always plug them into the Joy-Con? Would you? Do you feel like you would hold those those two just Separately. independently of any sort of uh, grip? 
I'll let you go first. So I think yes, because to me, the issue with the current setup or with we or we use, however you want to say it, the nunchuck with cable was the issue. Yes. Yeah. To me, like, I, I was frustrated by the cable. So being able to... Well, because CJ plays all his games like right. this. Right. <laughs> hang out. You know, but, but that's being a able really to, good point, because I sit with those two, like, really lazily next to me. Yeah. And if there wasn't a cable, I would... I also am very yeah. lazy and would <laughs> yes. like to sit like You will well. like the Joy-Con. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that's the main thing. Like, it does feel comfortable. They do feel, you know, like you need in your hand. But um, to me, the cable free thing is the biggest piece yeah. of the puzzle yeah. that's awesome uh, i've got to experiment a little more um and i say that because my hands are so big um and i wonder if without the wrist strap that would be uncomfortable like just having mm-hmm. a controller that maybe is is sort of too small too because small, like yeah. for example i want to play zelda that way yeah. uh, when it comes in just mm-hmm. you know d- go full quizzing me like on the couch yeah jose's gonna mount his right. tv on the ceiling and just, yeah, yeah. just 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 translate it over just let it happen to get away from the joy really quickly i was gonna ask did you guys get to mess with multi-touch um that actually that's another interesting reason that was yeah. one of the other things we didn't know if it was going to be in the press conference and we're like why not like yeah. you're talking the tablet i meant to bring that up yeah, yeah why wasn't it mentioned at all mm-hmm. during the conference we were like hey not a oh, single diagram it's touchscreen yeah it like yeah. shows a finger on that thing and i'm like what yeah. was that about but um, you guys in playing we did on touch. the tablet itself you did yeah we yes. did so in skyliners imaginators i did um overall the responsiveness was fine but sometimes it was weird that's a weird game to have touch well for the for the menus so if you're yeah right. if you're cycling through menus that was the one there was not a game that i saw there that i can think of off the top of my head where uh, oh actually i did tap the screen in mario kart deluxe to make a selection i believe gotcha. so it's mostly for ui stuff that's the thing, and I don't yeah. think they had a game to show, which is why not a single finger came near that, that makes screen. Sense. Well, I can't imagine they would integrate it much further than that because if you're plugging it into your TV, if you're plugging it into the dock, you're taking all that interface away anyway. So it's yeah. like sure, I guess it doesn't make sense to, to spend that money to build those those resources into something touchscreen like I'm that. I'm just thinking about it in terms of like uh, iPhone and iPad games. Yeah, you can both get third party accessories that give you a controller for those right. or touch. You uh-huh. know, like yeah. GTA is a really good example of that. Mm-hmm. So there's options for it, and I was just wondering if they would use those but it's a good point that i i don't think i would use it even if i had the option when the console automatically comes with controls anyway but yeah. we've been talking about this for the past year on mvc where it's like what do you do with games like animal crossing or mario mm-hmm. Maker, mm. that very much the current iterations of those games are quite dependent. good and yeah. dependent uh-huh. on stylus or on I mean, just mario touch maker especially like yeah. you can't yeah, yeah i don't is. think it would be as elegant or as or as easy to use yeah mm-hmm. that so not, I'm, I'm a little concerned not to mention too i mean with kids i have a few kids they're they're quite old as, How many you, can kids you, have yeah, as you can see i have three right now yeah. and i'm an old for all those of you listening Partly i'm a super three. old guy yeah oh. and um i will say that the current generation of kids just naturally touches the screen yeah. so to not have that as a touch screen i think would have been you know a misstep, a, a misstep. Mm-hmm. but again i feel like they were stepping away from the wii u a little bit not showcasing that going hey totally different uh, yeah that's a good point too. you know yeah. because yeah. wii u is very focused on touch sure. so uh, i've got a question from uh one of our listeners who emailed this into nvc at ign.com and he says uh First of all, thank you. Uh, loved IGN's Nintendo coverage. After the Ice Cube demo and 1-2-Switch, <laughs> I feel like a lot of folks are writing HD Rumble off as a gimmick, but I'd like to hear more. I'm especially interested to hear how it worked in more core-centric games. So that's a great question, uh, Zach, and it's not this Zach, but another but Zach. But I do see you spell in. your name with a C-H, which is the yeah, right way. Yeah. <laughs> Zach, Zach's very happy about that. Um, I will say that none of the core games we played, to my knowledge, and it was never pointed out, were really using the HD Rumble. The only game that 
CJ and I played was once you switch and it had uh, so I've heard of two games that do this but we only played one of them uh, there's a game called ball count and basically there is uh, two boxes shown on screen and the controller you're supposed to hold in your hand sort of horizontally like this and you're basically tilting it back and forth to try and count how many spheres are inside of that box hmm. um, and so it's just it's interesting because that sounds so silly and yet when we used it, like you <laughs> honestly feel it something is, is sliding around wow, in there. That's super impressive. And the way yeah. it sort of goes across your hand <laughs> just hits to a stop. Like, your tongue's it, It's interesting. I'm, I'm trying real hard to navigate this conversation <laughs> in a PG-13 <laughs> way, Exactly. Zach. Do not mess this up for me. <laughs> if you count three, you win. I will say this. I, I was super skeptical with that, you know, Rumble HD. What is it? Is it Rumble HD? No, they just call it HD. HD. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when the when the ice cubes are going in, first of all, like what was happening? That was the main question during that demo. It's like, uh, what are they showcasing? It's so hard to demo. It was hard to actually demonstrate what they were talking about. What's the name of the game? Yeah. Let's call it Marbles in a Box. Sure. Ball um, count. Ball, there fine. you go. Ball count. Okay. It's fine. Sounds just, good. Just watch where I'm you take it. I'm just going to say Marbles. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I watched a few people do it before I actually jumped in with Jose. <laughs> And it it is odd because, A, you're skeptical going in. Bite your tongue, Zach. You're skeptical going in. And as you do it, you, you know, I looked away from the screen because I didn't want... Like how I'm the youngest person here and I'm I like know, very interested in this I'm tech. Fine. I'm like... No, I'm, I'm fine too. Yeah, I'm but fine. it is crazy because as you're doing it, you you can feel the motion. You know how you're trying... To- <laughs> oh my goodness. All I'm going to say is this. As you do it with an iPad, you have an iPad in your hand, and you right. can see something visual. It's amazing as you look away from the screen. <laughs> there's no way to say that you, you feel marvelous in a box. I mean, you guys are terrible. There's no, no good way to say this. So I uh, long story short, I, I, yeah, it, it works. Okay, okay. And, and I guessed two marbles, and that was Actually, accurate. Have, yeah. And the other person I watched guessed four marbles, yeah. and she got it. And that was so, hey, hey, was the other person well. was me, and I said three, and you, you said right. three, you said two. No, yeah. um, but the other game I heard about, uh, there's one that you're breaking into a safe, mm-hmm. and uh, you oh, hold the. Really the Controller, mm-hmm. and you're basically tilting, you and you're yeah. you're feeling Feel one that is oh. distinctly different that's than really the rest. Awesome. That's, yeah, that's another really example cool. of the AC Rumble thing yeah, that we heard about. I, I mean, I mentioned it before, but no part of me thought that this was gimmicky when it was on screen. I was like, this is really impressive tech for something so small. But I felt yeah. like the emphasis on it took away from the fact that for the first time, a Nintendo device has a capable, capacitive, multi-touch screen. Yeah. And for the first time, Nintendo, the company that helped make touch gaming a thing that was popular, mm-hmm. right, before smartphones came along, to see them just like go, whoop, nope, Joy-Cons are more important, really struck me as odd. That, that is true, but yeah. I guess the Joy-Cons are impressive and they're trying to sell them. So yep, it's, yep. you know, they do they do a lot of strange Well, not only that, but I think it is it is somewhat attributed to the fact that there is such impressive tech in these little tiny boxes. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I think that, that touchscreen is, is, or multi-touch is something that we are all so familiar with that they would probably rather highlight the haptic feedback. Into yeah, and I also wanted to mention, yeah. you know, the Xbox One controller has trigger feedback. Yes. It doesn't work for that many games, <clears throat> yep. but the ones it does, like Forza Horizon 3, I love it. Right, right. It's so noticeable when you're playing a racing game to get that feedback, and I think it, maybe it would be really hard to express if you hadn't already tried it. It looks weird with the ice demo. Like, I can't really imagine 
imagine what it's yeah. like even from you guys talking about your dumb model yeah. women. But. Well, and the ice demo specifically, uh, I feel like as, as true as probably to what the demo was meant to sort of convey. Yeah. When he's talking about you feel liquid filling the glass, well, I mean, does the controller get heavier? Like, what are you saying there? Uh-huh. So I felt like yeah. that's where it went awry. Yeah. I felt like when he was talking about just three different objects moving around inside of a glass, three ice cubes, that's a different expectation and you kind of understand that a little better. Just just a general note um, that I thought about later where I was like, why did that seem weird? And oh, that mm-hmm. stuck out to me. Yeah. It's All right. interesting. So, switching on, uh, we're going to talk about uh, the launch day recap. So Nintendo has sort of painted the picture finally, what's going to be available at launch. And we're going to share our thoughts on this because this is a different strategy for the company. Uh, so there are five games on launch day, March 3rd, which is very unusual. Not that for, many games. Uh, for, yeah, for, for any platform that launches. So we have Zelda Breath of the Wild, 1-2 Switch, Super Bomberman R, Skylanders Imaginators, and Just Dance 2017. Mm-hmm. Now, also in March, there are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 games. And one of them is Shovel Knight. Around. One of them is Shovel Knight, one of them is Fast Remix, which is Fast Racing Neo, but on Switch. I Am Setsuna Snipper Clips, which is, again, the best game on Switch mm-hmm. that was not named Zelda at that event, I mm-hmm. swear to you. Um, Binding, Binding of Isaac Afterbirth Plus. Plus. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> and Has Been Heroes. Okay. For comparison, Wii, when it launched in November 14, 2006, launched with 21 games. Wii U launched with 32 games. 32 that was in games, wow. Yep. And 3DS, another point of comparison, which launched in March 2011, 18. launched with 18 games. Mm. But I just want to point out the first party lineup then because it was not good. It was Nintendogs, Pilot Wings, and I believe Steel Diver. Steel Diver, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about this. I mean, how do we feel about this, this launch lineup? And what, what are you motivated? What do you so, think this is a symptom of? Regardless of however many games it launches with, the most important thing here is that it launches with Zelda. Yes. Uh, I, I think, think I think that that's, that's the reason I pre-ordered. That's the reason that probably CJ pre-ordered. Yeah. I mean, A, we've been waiting for Breath of the Wild for so long, and it's finally here. And B, the fact that it launches, like, that's at least a solid month or more of something that I want to play every day, probably, you know? So that, for me, is a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. And then by the, by the time I'm, I'm through with Zelda... There's a few other games that are going to be out, in, you know, maybe later in March that I can pick up. Snipper Clips, yeah, Shovel yeah. Knight, you know, yeah. things like that. Uh, to so. offer a totally different perspective, I did not pre-order. I feel like I'm one of the only people in the office. I didn't either, actually. Oh, you didn't no, either? No, I have not. I'm not yeah. going to get one on launch. Uh, I'm going to play Zelda on Wii U. And this is in part, you know, I don't own a ton of money. I don't have several hundred dollars to just spend on a new console. Maybe I would. <laughs> Preach. Keep going. Maybe I would if there were a 32 game lineup and that is totally a factor but Zelda being on Wii U means that that's not a thing for me but I feel like uh, Mario probably will be yeah for me for but me, I'm the same it's with also Xbox just... One and PS4 I wouldn't have bought those on launch either like, and that's a yeah. that's a sentiment that I've heard a lot around yeah. the Switch's launch uh, that if Zelda is coming to Wii U save the 300 bucks right. play it on Wii U mm-hmm. and then wait until there's more titles later in the yeah. year yeah. and so. part of me wants to wait for a price drop but I mean the Wii U didn't really have a price drop but then it's. I don't feel right comparing it to Wii U because 3DS has had a price drop. Most recently, you could get a new 3DS for $99. That's insane. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if we do eventually get a, a price drop for a more handheld device. Yeah, I mean, I'm not the. Uh, I'm not maybe the best test scenario for well, why didn't you pre-order? I mean, I work in this. Like, I sure, feel sure. like I'm going to have yeah, one in the office. Literally, your playing job, it. Yeah. yeah, I, I felt like I don't have to have this yet, but I will buy it eventually. Um, but I did feel like 
man, you know, this, this launch lineup's a little thin. What I do appreciate about it and what I do like about it is that there is variety to it. One, two switch is obviously the casual play. Super Bomberman is the classic play. Yeah. Skylanders Imaginators is the kid play. Just Dance is the Just Dance play. And it's believe it or not, yeah, that, yeah, that, game. that game is very successful with certain audiences. And so I felt like overall you, you got that part of it right, but you are setting up this situation where folks are examining it. And there's this level of over-examination on Switch software in general. And Nintendo mm-hmm. software in general that I've never seen before, given that March has several games sort of yeah. that can show up at any time. Granted, Snipperclips is the one I like the most. I Am Setsuno came out last year. Fast Racing showed up so late in the Wii U's lifespan that hopefully the audience that should have played that game is going to we'll be there to up, play yeah. that game. Mm-hmm. But then you have things like Shovel Knight, which are classic quality games, but they're available on so many platforms. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah, so I also, uh, I'm not sure if everyone else feels the same way, but I don't really care if the Switch doesn't have a ton of third-party support personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I look at it as, especially if we get all the virtual console support that we're hoping that we'll get, which I'm again, hoping will come with the paid online service. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, if it acts as a portable device that is like a portal into the last 20 years of my life playing games, I'm well, sold. Like, and I think that's the part of the thing that we're not talking about too. Like we don't know on March 3rd how many are virtual console games. Exactly. How many things show up from Just different so systems. So frustrating. Games. Yeah, and that could add to this list even if they are games you're already old. But I agree with yeah. you, right? This is the portable device that represents a major part of your gaming mm-hmm. history for some of us that grew up with Nintendo. Yeah. yeah. And uh, just to paint this picture a little further, they have outlined that April 28th you're getting Mario Kart 8, ARMS is in spring, uh, Puyo Puyo Tetris is in spring if you're into that, Rhyme, uh, Disgaea 5 complete, Splatoon is this summer, Splatoon 2, I cannot oh, wait great. to yeah. play that game. Yeah. Played it briefly, really enjoyed uh, what I played. And then you have other stuff sort of in the air like Ultra Street Fighter, mm-hmm. uh, which is also a very conscious play for that legacy era Street Fighter 2, one of the biggest arcade games of its time. Yeah. So I feel like the varieties here, I'm just kind of sick of the there's, overanalysis. There's on a it. little something for everybody. Yeah. So. Um, and I, I just worry that like, hey guys, like you can't lambaste this system for not having uh, a FIFA or a major sports game at launch because guess what? Those come out in the fall and right. if you launch with that in March, most of those games aren't even announced in March. It's true. NBA 2K being that example. FIFA 18. Also, it was weird they didn't put a number on FIFA. Mm-hmm. They should have just said 18. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They didn't. I don't know who that fell on. Um, and then you're going to have more more games over the course of the year, but I don't think... I think the software situation on Switch is being a little like talked about to the point of exasperation yeah. here. Um, and I, at the same time, I'm not saying that they're completely in the clear. I think E3 needs to now paint the picture that the next Call of Duty and certain major brands are going to be on Switch. For example, if Nintendo misses the next major Star Wars game, to me, that's a miss. Mm-hmm. I think that right. Star Wars is a brand that this holiday, everyone is going to be talking about it because yeah. guess what Guess what comes out? From, from a business perspective, you're absolutely right. From yeah. a personal perspective, I just want GameCube games. Yeah. I just want the game. <laughs> like, that's all I really yeah. Like, just give me virtual console. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. it. Yeah, no. But, but you, you are right. And, yeah. like, having a, a Call of Duty, even if it's, like, you know, a different version, like, on the DS, is hugely valuable because it's a name that everyone knows. And if they know they can get it on a Switch as well, that's it definitely helps with business. But yeah. I'm not going to buy it there. Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. the longevity of the console. Like, it needs Absolutely. to have a third party for that reason. But 1-2 Switch is another piece of that puzzle. I think it's weird that it's not, I mean, that's a conversation that maybe different topic, but to actually not include that into the actual bundle at that price to me, that was a big That's piece a of that puzzle, to too, yeah. because it's, true. Um, it's what they're selling. Like The Joy-Cons are that game. I mean, it is, it so. is Wii Sports 
to version. Exactly. Yeah. And it's know. also, you know, that's... Or the Switch, yeah. yeah. Wii Sports meets Wario. Yeah. yeah. And a yeah big I part wish of the that Wii... they had just called it WarioWare. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that they had just rebranded Mario Switch? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a big part of the Wii success is obviously <laughs> that um, people who aren't necessarily huge gamers bought into it because the system really appealed to them, even for Wii Sports. And I think 1-2-Switch is the thing I can sell to my mom as someone yes. who plays iPad games all the time. That's the thing that she would buy and play with her friends who don't necessarily play any other video games. So it does seem bizarre to not really, really push that as the must-have game. Yeah, yeah. especially when you've had so much success with uh, pack-in titles in the past. Yeah, yeah. sports being the one that no one will forget. Isn't it the highest-selling uh, game of all time? One of, yeah. It's definitely in the top ten. Yeah, yeah, and then you have Nintendo's legacy of like Mario 64. And right. yeah. you've had so many yeah. others that you're just like, yep, these, these were... Uh, valuable and important and they help set sort of the tone for what this console is and uh, yeah I I, I just I don't know I'm just tired of seeing the who is this platform for because my interpretation so far is it sits in between the tablet audience and the console audience Mm -hmm. and the tablet Mm -hmm. kids who want to come up and play something that either is Nintendo Mm -hmm. or is sort of the I feel like Nintendo is very good at being inclusive with their games like you cannot play games and pick up some Nintendo titles and be like holy cow this is a great experience and then you've got the other side of the coin, which is the pro kids, the everyone who's on their higher end platforms, whether it's PC, PlayStation, or Xbox, who like Nintendo franchises and right. are willing to come down to play it. But I don't see it as the only device you should own. No, totally. Yeah, and I don't think it's being positioned that way either. No, yeah. and I mean, it could just be them being incredibly future-proof where, you know... Um Xbox and PlayStation don't have a device to compete with, as you were saying, CJ, how much kids love touchscreens. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is them just thinking ahead and being like, the next generation of kids want this to game on. Let's fulfill right. that. And yeah. um, we're not thinking about it that way because it, to me, is always going to be the thing that I take on planes or the thing that I play so, outside of a TV. Yeah, and that's the thing. is like I think it's really interesting. I've had several conversations just around the office, uh, and the disparity in the way that people will be using the Switch mm. is pretty wide. Yeah. You know, like Personally, I don't think that I will use the Switch in its portable version much outside of like a long plane ride or something mm-hmm. like that. Like gotcha. taking, you know, like taking it on a work trip or something. If I'm in San Francisco, if I'm at home, that's going to be a home console for me. Mm-hmm. But talking to somebody like Goldfarb, he's like, I will only use this as a portable device. I feel like, more I'm like, on- he does. Yeah, like yeah. I only ever want to play this as a, as a handheld device, you know? So, and, and that was the question that we asked people at each of the different venues from New York to Japan to whatever. And mm-hmm. the overwhelming reception was that people are planning to use this for a portable device. Yeah. So it's, we're really? like, oh yeah, yeah. a lot of people are I saying see, I would they, have imagined that it would have been a lot, a lot of replies <laughs> for yeah. me, like personally, when I was talking to them, like, oh yeah, you know, I'm all about going on the go and I want to make sure if I'm at playing at home, I can take it with me. Yeah. All mm-hmm. that stuff. So, you know, in I'm, fact, everyone who, in that video, everyone who we asked who this is going to be part of a video that'll show up on IGN, uh, in Japan talked about Splatoon, like mm. every single oh, one, really? they were like Splatoon yeah, 2, Japan Splatoon 2. Splatoon. Wow, it's crazy. It, like it is that's just really cool. on fire over there, and uh, I think huh. that's really cool for them overall. And uh, we got to play it, and it did feel really good. Um, but you got to one, play Splatoon two? Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah, right on! I didn't yeah. know that. And, uh, and there were um, this is another weird case where I was like, I kind of wish this would have demoed a little better because it wasn't that it was a bad demo. Um, I do like that. So they had four uh, weapons you can choose from. There mm-hmm. was uh, a, a basic like the charge shot and how that's changed. Now you can like hold a charge and then like swim away and come up and fire on someone. Yeah. You don't have to like charge up in the moment. <laughs> They had the splat roller, which has had some tweaks. So now it's not this overwhelming like shotgun blast that <laughs> yeah. just like when people would jump up and just 
fire yeah. like a beam, like pew, and you just see a volley of paint, and you <laughs> yeah. were done. Now, whenever someone jumps with that, uh, they turn the squ- the the character turns the uh, roller vertical, and they just fire a straight straight line. line. Oh, cool. That's cool. Yeah. There were a lot of smart tweaks. The splat dualies, which was like these do two uh, like dual like almost machine gun like weapons that you can basically now you have a roll move that you can like roll out of the way on someone, and if you aim and position perfectly when you come up, you fire a stronger blast, so you oh, that's awesome. Quicker. Yeah. I got to play it on the pro controller, which by the way feels really good yeah, on the system. Does. It has a motion sensor in it now. Nice. And in an odd twist, uh, Splatoon on Wii U, I swear you were not allowed to use the direction on the camera to turn uh, on the right stick. And maybe I'm misremembering. You can use everything on this controller. Mm-hmm. You, you can mm-hmm. use the, the motion to turn or you can use the stick the to stick turn. To everything turn. was switched on. I'm sure there are ways to uh, sort of customize that experience. But I think the thing that hurt that demo and the reason I'm seeing a lot of people saying this doesn't feel like an upgrade is that you had them play Turf Wars, which is Turf Wars is a mode that was in the yeah. last game. And that's the equivalent of telling you, oh, just play a deathmatch at this, sure. this Halo 6 demo. Yeah. Yeah. It's not something new and exciting. And maybe they were scared of teaching people the rules again right. for Splatoon. But I feel like that was part of the reason why you didn't see everything about what is why is this a sequel. And I also think part of the expectation folks had coming in was this is a port mm. and it's not like I, also it's, I completely really thought it was smart a port. until yeah. until the it conference it didn't yeah. look yeah. dramatically different graphics wise yeah. which I don't care about yeah, but Zelda doesn't either but I yeah. think with Zelda no one seems to care yeah well I felt like Zelda did look more different than Splatoon mm. but uh, I don't think that's a problem but I do think it raised a lot of questions immediately I was like oh Splatoon port like for yeah. sure totally totally Last thing on this topic before we move on is that I think the other bar- barrier for them uh, in terms of kind of getting this audience, though, is this expensive ecosystem that folks are going yeah. to be swimming into. So I brought some examples here uh, just to kind of set the table. Um, we're not going to read every price, but I just want to set these examples up for you guys. And reminder, these are all U.S. prices. Uh, this is not uh, t- taking into account international. Sorry, Australia, you pay a lot for, uh, for stuff, uh, yeah. for video game stuff. So a pro controller is 70 bucks. Uh, Joy-Con charging grip is $29.99. Now, fun fact, the charging grip, uh, excuse me, the Joy-Con grip that comes in your Nintendo Switch set does not charge your Joy-Con. The only way to do that is to buy a $30 accessory (laughs) that will allow you to charge it. There is no USB at the top of that device. It's rough. Um, they will charge if you leave them in the dock, though, when you're not playing. Okay. That's, uh, of course, in a twenty hours, they said be thinking about. the battery life. So it's good. Here's what I see as an essential yeah. set of uh, of uh, yeah they, yeah Joy-Con that's, have twenty hours. That's impressive. Ab- yeah, about that's awesome. Twenty I hours that. charge yeah. each. Yeah, yeah, which is really cool. Um, uh, here's essential accessories that I'm just like, man, this is going to cost a lot. If you want a pair of Joy-Con, so so you can have four players in the house. And an extra switch dock so you can go to any TV in the house. That's a $90 and an $80 purchase. You're paying $169.98 mm-hmm. for the ability to have four people play at home and be able to switch TVs if you had to. Yeah. It's a lot of money. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. expensive. Yeah. Uh, Joy-Con, pair of Joy-Con. Uh, let's say you want an extra switch dock. 
a pair of Joy-Con and a Joy-Con charging grip, which again, this I feel falls into the essential carry category because you might want uh, your your extra pair, you want a way to charge, and you want another Switch dock in the house. That's $200. Yeah. That's crazy. A lot. Yeah, a lot I, I just worry like, that... On the flip side, are, yeah. the Pro Controller being $70 is cheaper than I think you can currently get a DualShock or an Xbox One controller for right now. Uh, I'd have to double check. I'm pretty that. sure it is. I, I think they're around, they're around the same. I, I, I think, are they? Yeah. I, they're either around the same. I know when you get into Again, the Australia I think I think a, I think a DualShock Four is fifty nine ninety nine. Damn. Yeah. 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 Uh, I actually wanted to ask a question. So, yeah. uh, going into pre ordering and stuff, I sort of just assumed that I was going to get a Pro controller. But given how comfortable you're saying the grip is with mm-hmm. the Joy-Con and also the ability to play Sans grip. Mm-hmm. Um, how imperative is it to buy a pro controller day one? I mean, I think a lot of the people who are doing competitive stuff will just want that, but I don't know. I, I don't personally feel like I would need a pro controller mm-hmm. based I feel on like being able to slide. Competitive scene, especially sure. like if we see Smash Bros, they're going to want GameCube controller. Well, that too. We have no yeah. idea if there's an adapter uh, for that. Yeah, no, we got to find out. Or if there are a Joy Con configuration that has more of a GameCube. Yeah, like dare I say it? it. Yeah. Wave Bird 2. Wow, yeah. Good point. I, I think it depends on your needs. The one benefit of getting the Pro Controller to me outside of it, ha- it's a bit more comfortable to hold, right, for long time. Yes. Because mm-hmm. it yeah. is basically I mean, a regular shape controller. Zelda. Yeah, yeah. Zelda. Or, or, you know, I didn't definitely didn't get to play Switch long enough to say, oh, I've been playing for an hour and yeah. this is how my hands feel. I can't tell you that. Mm-hmm. But I can say uh, that, <laughs> the, yeah, what have you done? Uh, but I can say that um, the Pro Controller to me felt really good and you're getting bigger face buttons. I yeah. saw the, more than one person on Twitter say that uh, the Pro Controller is their favorite controller of, amongst wow. Xbox, PlayStation, and, and it Nintendo. It felt now. really solid. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it, it's just a case of why the extra ten. I don't know what is really kind of causing that. Oh, I think the through the Pro Controller, you can scan Amiibo through that too. Just putting Whoa. that out oh, there. The oh, NFC that's cool. a thing, thing inside of it. There's an huh. NFC reader yeah, inside so of it, so you don't have to like, take cool. off your Joy-Con yeah. and then do yeah. awesome. all that stuff. So yeah, if you factor that tech into the Joy-Con pricing, NFC, and then you know there's a sensor, and then there's all that other stuff. It kind of makes a little more sense. It kind of makes a little more sense why there's a cost for them but it's still very pricey it's, it's still like, it's not cheap yeah. all right so then uh let's uh switch to uh we're gonna talk about fire emblem so uh this week nintendo had a fire emblem direct where they revealed uh some big surprises to us uh some stuff that we didn't see coming some stuff that we did uh so let's talk about those announcements so we had uh first and foremost the biggest one is that a fire emblem game is coming uh to nintendo switch in 2018 they just straight up announced a game working title they're not saying too much they didn't show assets for it Mm -hmm. uh but just the commitment that fire emblem is going to be on nintendo switch first first console version of fire emblem since 2006 or eight it's been a while it is a while yeah yeah absolutely um super exciting to me uh i love the last iterate the console iteration of fire emblem Mm -hmm. um and uh i missed fates but i did play awakening so Mm -hmm. uh, i'll be excited to play it on switch yep um so then we had an announcement for uh and i'll I'll put these all together and then we can just go through one by one right but fire emblem echoes shadow of valentia uh was announced for 3ds this is coming out in may this is a game inspired by the 1992 fire emblem gaiden Mm -hmm. which was only released on super famicom we don't know that game they also talked about uh, an amiibo two pack uh that's going to come out as well Fun fact, uh, Fire Emblem has seven Amiibo so far. If you They're all tune pretty oh, wow. damn good-looking Amiibo, yeah. too. Yeah. They are, exactly. yeah. The Smash series had several because there are so many uh, Fire Emblem characters in Smash Bros. In Smash Bros., yeah. 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 Um, so then you have Fire Emblem Warriors, which, surprise, we knew it was coming to Switch, but now it's also coming to new 3DS. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they talk about... That makes about- sense. I mean, Hyrule Warriors came to both. 
it, it, true, but yeah. I didn't expect yeah. a switch and a three new three. And, and specifically, they called out new 3ds, old yeah. 3ds. Mm. You're not getting well, Hyrule oh, Warriors. Right, right, yeah, right. was wasn't it, wasn't Hyrule Warriors exclusive to new 3ds? No, it no. should oh, have it been. been because it, it sh- run really crummy it, on regular it ran 3ds. Very crummy yeah, indeed right. on uh, the regular 3ds. And then uh, they talked about Fire Emblem Heroes. I, it felt like. After watching this direct, you know, this is Nintendo being very uh, committed to continuing to push Fire Emblem, which had a renaissance on 3DS, yeah, to be fair. It's funny because they were talking about, not that long ago, about it potentially being canceled. They were going to cancel all Fire Emblem games. With, with Awakening. Had yeah. Awakening not done well. Done well, yeah. yeah. And it did. So they were like, well, all right, I guess we go hard now. <laughs> yeah. All games, here you go. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. it was totally out of the blue. I didn't expect that. Um, but I'm looking forward to the mobile game as well. And I wonder if there'll be tie-ins between different versions. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's it's a good question to ask, but with Heroes especially, like this is a free-to-play Fire Emblem game. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, sort of Nintendo and DNA once again working on this thing. I'm sure Intelligent Systems is somewhere in there. Uh, but uh, for folks at home, DNA worked on Record Keeper, which you can yeah. play right now. And it is a similar style game in terms of that a, it has a gotcha A game mechanic. that I've watched Justin Davis sync dozens if not hundreds of hours into yeah yeah he swears by record keeper so um i'm totally on board with that idea and i i think the thing that that most attracted me to uh fire emblem heroes is that uh, they they describe the battles as sort of Mm bite-sized uh you know that's one of the things that that i really loved about awakening is like really long tense battles Mm -hmm. um but i play mobile games when i'm on the bus and so uh, the idea that i can play a strategy game in these sort of three to five minute bursts yeah. i think is really really cool. and it's all confined yeah. to one window too yeah you're not scrolling around this mm-hmm. path. like you're just sort of making it happen with within the content of one screen and it's held vertically like i was expecting yeah i was totally to expecting horizontal. it to be oh, horizontal yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's 100 nope one hand yeah. on the train just tap it away i'm a fire emblem upgrading my army i mean so, so I, i'm taking this as far as i can go sure what uh what did you guys like enjoy the the direct overall do you think this is a smart move for them just out of curiosity i'm interested uh kind of to alana's point i'm interested in how hard nintendo is leaning into fire emblem mm. uh, i think it's very clear that the between awakening and and all three versions of fates that this has become one of their flagship series and uh i think it's really really awesome that they are building up a new not necessarily a new ip but really leaning into fire emblem as like the next pillar of a nintendo franchise i think it's it's really smart yeah i think heroes uh just like kind of pokemon go and um super mario run were is intended to draw outside audiences with the mobile version into potentially buying the other versions and i think for people who aren't familiar with fire emblem seeing that there are four separate games is kind of scary mm-hmm. so they're like which one of these do i buy what makes them all different but i mean they kind of went over that with the last games that released anyway so i don't know i'll be very interested to see how many people uh jump over to the console versions after playing it on mobile yeah no totally yeah. and even this month right we'll get mpds for december and find out if mario uh benefited from the synergy of having mario run out at the same time yeah, yeah. did you know the nintendo 3ds and mario games in general get jump a bumper up. night yeah bumper not um i will say this uh this is a good question uh, uh bumper night is my favorite mobile <laughs> bumper night, new 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 thing uh <laughs> i'm just gonna snap my there fingers every time i'm like move on uh <laughs> no uh, uh we got an email from jeremy who said hey did, uh so hello mvc crew today nintendo held the fire emblem direct announced several titles um and he says personally i feel that nintendo and perhaps those at intelligence systems as well are building too much on the recent success of awakening and it certainly shows um he felt like some of the design decisions yeah and fates he he wasn't a big fan of how children were implemented for example 
people in Fates, whereas in Awakening there was very, uh, very sort of smart and specific way that that came about. But then uh, he points out, and let's go over this, right? We had Awakening in 2013, we had Fates in 2016, now we have Shadows of Valentia in 2017, a Switch game in 2018, assuming it doesn't get delayed. Uh, we had Tokyo Mirage Sessions, which counts as a Fire Emblem-like game. It, mm. had, it was a spinoff with those games, 2016 on the console side. Fire Emblem Heroes, which is coming out uh, February 2nd on a- iOS and Android. And then you have Warriors 2, which is a 2017 game. So his point, um, what about Advance Wars? Like, why, why, yeah. why go that's, all in on Fire Emblem? That's the, thing that, that's the thing that really bummed me out. Like, I, I like Fire Emblem. Yeah. I love Advance Wars. And I really wished that they would have, you know, I, I think I tweeted about this too. I, like, I was really hoping to see something about Advance Wars yeah. coming back. But it seems like Fire Emblem is their strategy game of choice moving mm-hmm. forward. And that's something we're all going to have to learn. People are really oh, attached yeah, to those characters you know? as well. Um, I really think it is going to be a huge marketing problem that they're going to have. Mm -hmm. Okay, but taking a look at this list, right? So you've got a Fire Emblem for each audience that would want a Fire Emblem, Mm -hmm. right? That's true. Shadows of Valentia is for the people that played Fates to death and need something more on 3DS, right? Uh, Nintendo Switch, uh, the Fire Emblem for Switch is a completely completely new crowd or for fans that own both platforms. And then you've got... Yeah, and then you've got... Warriors, which is sort of a non sequitur for that franchise, I think uh, that's for it's diehard fans, right? And then uh, Fire Emblem Heroes is for it's people that mostly play mobile. So I think they're, I think that they're spreading the wealth amongst their different platforms. And I would assume like this is probably the last we'll hear of Fire Emblem for a while. I don't think that they're going to lean into the an annual release of Fire Emblem in that way. Like, yeah, yeah. no, I got to agree with you there. And I do feel like uh, that it is smart to target as many different people as you can and to sort of put all this faith behind a strategy RPG in 2017. Exactly. Which, yeah. You don't really see that genre getting pushed that hard. Yeah. Sure. I feel like before um, and around the same time that Fire Emblem hit this renaissance mm-hmm. period with Awakening, I felt like the only other game I had seen that got pushed that hard was XCOM. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, the strategy RPG that you were like, or strategy game, you were like, holy cow. Yeah. Like, 2K is serious about this one and making sure that it it does well. And on console, the first time around, they absolutely committed everything they could to pushing it. It eventually ended up on uh, mobile devices, Mm -hmm. at least Mm -hmm. in tablet form. Uh, Whereas with XCOM 2, that push diminished. It was PC first. (laughs) And then on console, it felt like, well, you just woke up one day and it came out. There wasn't a huge marketing push for that. Take a look back at an IGN piece called Why XCOM. Two can only exist on PC. If you, oh yeah, <laughs> did, 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 did. that was no, no, no. It was a it was a IGN first piece, but uh, that it doesn't matter. But it's a really <laughs> funny thing. Sure, yeah. yeah, if it was going to come out or not. <laughs> so, um, so I haven't said much. Obviously, I have not played. Jose and I chatted in advance about this franchise. But what I will say is that them being involved in Smash Brothers and me having uh, you know many many children has been established. Just three, CJ. Just three, but they're they're playing lots of games. Yeah. They they do like the genesis of where these characters come from. Sure. So like I'll be buying it probably on mobile mm-hmm. as well as you know yeah. DS and everywhere else so totally, you know, totally. we'll be in it for and I will reasons. say though I do hope that after this uh, to Zach's point they do take a break and I think I just, Advance Wars needs that renaissance like it's time mm-hmm. I don't think had enough time we've never seen Nintendo annualize a series you yeah. know what I mean yeah like, I don't see it happening it's typically one one release per mega franchise for each console every yeah. generation and so this is it for Fire Emblem it looks like to me like if there's one smashing fire emblem success on the switch and one on 3ds this gen mm-hmm. and one on uh one on mobile then 
you know, that seems that's probably good. Yeah, I think uh, I think the only exceptions to that were, in fact, Mario, um, because at one point there were too many Mario games. It just felt like New Super Mario Bros. 2. Oh, yeah, that's true. But then they Mm -hmm. took a break to the point Mm -hmm. with Zelda. We haven't seen that yet. I'm hoping after Breath of the Wild, they just kind of drop the mic. Fade back, go work on a Pikmin game or an F Zero game or hey, a Metroid game. Yeah, where's that Pikmin yeah. game? Uh, Everyone wants Metroid the, man. Know. Like badly, please. <sighs> How dare you? Um, just saying. What? You don't want a Metroid game? You don't want a Metroid Wait, game? No, no, no. I said everyone wants Metroid oh, okay. Yes, I want Metroid I thought you were, thought like, you were dismayed. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. I'm like, okay. I agree. Everyone wants Metroid. Okay, very good. I received that Lana. saltiness. Yeah. I'm sorry. All right, all right. Well, there you have it, folks. That's our show. And uh, man, we went through a ton of information. Thank you so much, CJ, Zach, and Alana. Where can mm-hmm. they find Thanks, you on man. Twitter? CJ. Gibson Films on Twitter. Zach. Uh, at Zachary ISD. And Alana? I am at Charalanazad. All right. And you can find me, Jose underscore Otero, on Twitter. Uh, really quickly, just want to point out, thank you for watching Nintendo Voice Chat. This is a weekly show that you can always find right here on YouTube or on IGN.com. And really, just leave us feedback. Let us know what you think. We're always eager to hear what you have to say. And we'll be back next week with more Nintendo Voice Chat.